Trust yourself, man. You gotta let go. Once again, hello, how are you? This is uh, your host, Sonny Coates, in the Emerald Lane. The Emerald Lane, not to be confused with the Diamond Lane, the Carpool Lane. This is the other lane, uh, the L, some people call it. Not to be confused with the losers <laughs> or the loss, but with EL, the Most High. Glad to be back with you. Here, broadcasting still from Paris. Summer is in full effect. Everything is still trying to normalize. It's still weird. We're all still wearing surgical masks in, in very peculiar contexts, in bakeries, in uh, clothing stores, and so on. But this is the new reality. This is what it is for a while until the vaccine comes in, in a few months. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the weirdness. There's a lot going on in the world. You know, on one hand, we are hit, we're hit from left field with a, uh, a black swan event. There's revolution in the streets at the same time, simultaneous. A double feature of novel intensity. And, and I'm not even going to attempt to address uh, what's going on. As a matter of fact, I was in the bathtub the other night bathing, as I want to do. This is one of my favorite things to do every night is to, to bathe, to have a bath. It's where I uh, retreat, I collect my thoughts, I review the day, and it dawned on me the other night, I said, you know, I had, I had so many ideas, so many big, clever ideas of things that I wanted to address. I, I may have mentioned this before, the sauna, the bath, the steam room, they're good places to receive insights. Because of the temperature, something happens uh, with the circulation uh, going through your body. I don't know what it is. It's the same thing like when you smoke cannabis, but it's, it's a natural process, the heat. So I'm in the tub and I'm, I'm hot, I'm sweating. And I received an insight that just said, you know what? Instead of tackling the issues that plague humanity that are facing us, this is an impossible task in, in one shot. And also, you got a hundred people doing it. You got thousands of, of, of people standing on soapboxes, chiming in, giving you their hot take. I think the most contrarian thing that I can offer right now is, is some escape. So what I want to do with this episode, let's go a different direction. Let me shepherd you into another place. Let's Let's... Come with me on a journey, man. Let's go on a, on a walk through over here, through this magenta portal. And, and let's go into the lofty areas and let's just take a break for a while, me and you. Come on, enough. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I love what's going on in the world. This is much needed human revolution. It's very natural and constructive. I love it. I support it. I could talk all night about it, but for right now, let's set that aside and let's just, let's escape for a while, okay, me and you? I assure you, everything that's happening in the world right now, even though it seems chaotic, unruly, disconcerting, uh, everything is happening the way it needs to happen. It's all where it needs to be, trust me, okay? Come on, let's... Let's go for this walk. I want to start with this song. It's, it's always been, how can I put this? This song, I discovered it back in 95. My dorm roommates at Morehouse College, uh, my friend Tay, he would play this beautiful song on repeat. We'd sit there, sober, sometimes stoned, and this song would play for hours as we talked, as we played PlayStation. And it's always been one of my favorite songs that signify and symbolize, embody 
La Reve, as the French say. I hope I'm saying that right. You don't know it. You don't have it. You don't know the difference anyway. Dream. This is Morning Glory by Jamiroquai. Let's slip into this and let's let's uh, go on this journey. Come on, let's do this.
talking about baby slamming that is a Jimi Hendrix song covered by the 1950s teen pop idol Dion you know that song why must I be a teenager in love yeah that's him man he grew up he got older started smoking pot and he decided to cover a Jimi Hendrix song. He took it on. He went head up with Jimi Hendrix. And he transmuted a proto-funk psychedelic rock song into a West Village Simon and Garfunkel folk song. He turned it into that. That's an interesting choice. I love when people make interesting choices, when they divert, when they, when they make that diversion. That fork in the road, man. That is so cool. That's creativity. That's originality. You know, a, a, a f- filtering something into, into a completely different spectrum of color and feelings. What the fuck is that? Excuse my language. Uh, as we continue our, as we continue our stroll through the magenta portal. You'll see the electric seagulls in the distance, the tangerine skies. Did you know that in Paris, there is a street called the Magenta Boulevard, the Boulevard Magenta? What visions come to mind 
when you think of the color or when you see the color. No, when you hear the word magenta, nothing but good things, otherworldly visions. <laughs> I love that word. Of course, I was riding my scooter down the magenta boulevard here, and I started to construct a narrative that the city planners in Paris were so cultured, so enraptured in, in poetic sentiment that they decided to name a street in honor of the color magenta because these people are geniuses and, and this is the land of art and beauty. I went home and I researched the Boulevard Magenta. I wanted to know the origin of, of, such, of such an esteemed place in Paris. Of course, I found out that it was named after a battle, a war in Italy, a, a town in Italy called Magenta. You couldn't tell me that this wasn't some homage to the color magenta. But yet and still, I discovered that I had been living in a narrative mirage. We human beings, our minds are narrative factories. We're constantly creating and spinning out narratives to explain the world around us. Narratives. You ever, you ever walk down the street, you catch eyes with somebody, a woman, a man, you, you, you lock eyes momentarily and you think, she, she's attracted to me. You see an older person, you walk by, they're sitting on a bench, they kind of give you an ambivalent look and you think, you hate her, you're hating on me. Meanwhile, you know, this person is just thinking he looks like my grandson or looks like my best friend when I was in my, you know, when I was in my 30s. What is the truth and what is the narrative mirage? You send a text to somebody, they don't respond as fast as you would like them to. And of course, you start weaving any number of narratives. They, they uh, don't like my choice of restaurant. They don't want to hang out with me today. They don't want to be my friend anymore. This is, this is insanity. Sometimes I wonder how much of my life, the way I explain my reality, how, what percentage of it is complete delusion? This is, a, this is a very interesting question to ask. This is embarrassing to admit. You know, as a person of color, even to this day when I walk into a luxury retail store, and, and it, it really doesn't even have to be luxury. I can walk into a grocery store, and if I find myself in a remote area of the store, in the back, in a corner, I was at the grocery the eggs that I wanted to buy, they're, they're located like in the most remote corner of the store. And I'm back there and I'm thinking to myself, God, do they think I'm stealing? <laughs> are the cameras trained on me right now? Do, are, are they watching me? Because this is another narrative that everybody is so interested in me and my whereabouts, my movements. Of course, look, don't be hard on yourself. You can't blame yourself. You know, this, there's a good reason why I, I harbor these narratives. But again, you have to ask yourself, how much of these, these things are real? You know, you don't want to walk around in, in a complete fantasy your whole life. I've been trying to train myself when I go outside. The moment my mind starts trying to label a situation or a person, I just shut off my mind and I tell myself, you know what? It's a mystery. I'll never know. I'll never know these people's motives. I'll never know what, what this man is thinking on the corner. I'll never know why this woman is crying as she talks to some random stranger. I, I can weave a narrative that, that maybe they're breaking up these people or, or maybe someone died in there. But this is what you're doing all day. You just you just 
creating narratives nonstop. One has to accept the fact that most of what they see and, and most of the surroundings that you find yourself in, it, it's a complete mystery. It's unknown. And to be at peace with that, it's actually interesting. You're just, you're just a life form, a man, a strange alien on this, on this rock in this simulation, and you're just walking through a mystery. Just, just enjoy it, man. Enjoy the sunlight beaming down on your face. Yes, be very mindful for your predilection of creating narrative mirages, let alone the hundreds and thousands of narratives that are being machine gunned at us from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed from media sources, people trying to sell us things. It's, these are all just narratives. On that note, do you mind if I take your hand for this part? Because I, I would love to, I'd love to be hand in hand. As we cross this threshold, emerge through all of this fog that is around us and take in the grand vista just just over yonder so nice to take a break from all of the drama in the world and just like kids walking forward into the unknown wonder what a beautiful feeling you know we must nourish ourselves our bodies our minds our spirits with beautiful feelings and vibrations Yesterday, this day's madness did prepare Tomorrow's silence, triumph and despair
So uh, that was pretty wild. I like that last song. I told you before, I like that group, Foam, with three M's. As we proceed, you know something cool? You hear that synthesizer I'm playing? That, that's a mystic chord, a Prometheus chord, made famous by Alexander Scriabin, the classical composer. I like that chord. It brings to mind a, uh, a very strange sensation. It's alluring, yet at the same time, there, there's a, how would you, how could I describe? It, it strikes one with the feeling of, of a fearsome wonder, as if you're, you're being compelled to walk down a long hallway in an ancient temple by some unknown force and you just can't resist it also strikes me like the sound the sound of a genie emerging from its bottle after a thousand years and also consequently the sound of you and I bounding back on to terra firma emerging at once from the fantastical mystery that lies within a magenta portal. How charming is it and lovely, you and I strolling, contemplating the complexion of synthesizer chords, the color, the way, the way that a chord makes one resonate and feel the, the pictures that come into mind. What could be more lovely? This is a transfixing conversation, if you ask me. It's nice to uh, you know, step away and appreciate these things of, of nature, of this dreamscape that we have been born onto, a mystery. You know that song that was played before, the first song, the first song, that was, that was a song called Drink by Dorothy Ashby, a black woman from Detroit, a harpist. The harp has always, uh, it's always I've always had a healthy respect for the instrument and the people who play harp. Usually it's always a woman. Have you ever noticed that? It's always a woman playing harps in an orchestra. She had a contemporary named Alice Coltrane, another black woman who played the harp. I'm still trying to get to the bottom of that equation. Why were these two beings incarnated at the same time and they played harp? and they composed transcendental music. It's a very uncanny situation. I've, I must bow in deference to the harpist because the music that cascades from the strings and the fingers of a harp player and harp, it's always thrown me into the cosmic mindset, into a dreamlike state of mind. And you always see in European art from the past centuries, angels being depicted as playing harps, cherubs. I know in Père Lachaise, a cemetery that I was exploring in the 11th here in Paris, the tomb of one of my favorite musicians, Frédéric Chopin. On top of his tomb is a woman with a stringed instrument. She is the muse who gave the genius Chopin the music that he channeled. That was the uh, depiction, that was the uh, expression there. Anyway, that record, The Rubiat of Dorothy Ashby, was an homage to the Rubiat of Omar Hayyam, who was an 11th century astronomer, mathematician, philosopher, poet. That's a heavy thing, man, to make a whole record in homage to a classic work of literature. Why don't people do that anymore? Why doesn't Drake do a record in homage to some obscure 13th century African poet? Why don't we, why don't we reach for these levels of inspiration? It's possible. If you're an artist out there listening to this, reach higher. Reach up above the clouds into the ether. This is the ideal if you're really trying to inspire your fellow man. Anyway, don't get me started, my friend. 
I'm always pleasantly surprised at how, how one encounters new hidden treasures of music and art, of friendship, as time goes on. You know, because you think that you've seen it all, you've heard it all. I'm always mystified when I uh, come across a new treasure that I had never heard of. It's a very interesting fact of life that as you grow older and project further into your life experience, your incarnation, if you wisen yourself and refine your tastes, deepen yourself, you find that you are able to access hidden treasures that most people may not be able to find. Things that whiz past the ears of of people who aren't paying attention. They fly right over their head like a, like a bird of paradise. They never even see it. Things that are invisible to most people. If you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you may find that you are lucky enough to encounter some of the rarefied treasures that lie in the deeper levels of existence, crafted by exceptional human beings. Sometimes the deeper and the, and the more exquisite a work is or a thought is, you've got to meet it, baby. You've got to, you've got to uh, make yourself worthy. You've got to prepare your ears and your heart and your mind so that you can understand and appreciate, so you can locate it. And anyway, uh, it's, it's such a, a pleasant and tantalizing aspect of this existence to continually find these things further out on the horizon as you're exploring, as you're projecting deeper into the existence. Listen to the Rubiat of Dorothy Ashby wherever you stream music. I am a member of the Apple gang. You may be Spotify gang. If that is the case, you and I are doomed to be locked in eternal opposition forever. 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 <laughs> On that note, I'd love if you'd allow me to share another song. And, and this is one of those treasures that I was just speaking of, hopefully. I can, uh, I can share it with you for the first time. That would bring me tremendous joy and pleasure. Avec plaisir, as, the, as they say in Francais, with pleasure. You know they say that? Instead of saying, you're welcome to things, they say, avec plaisir, with pleasure. That's, isn't, that, isn't that beautiful? Um, this song here has been a source of... Uh, of of, uh, it's been a balm for me in uh, very worrisome, anxious moments. It's been a source of, uh, of loveliness and poetry. It's a very winsome, elegant, delicate, alluring, symmetrical, deep beauty. So uh, let those who have ears hear, those who have eyes see. This is Blue Period from John Hassan.
drop that's that John Hassel blue period you don't know how many times that song has rescued me I said that earlier I really meant that I had a time uh, just last summer I was suffering from deep deep anxiety why why would I be suffering from anxiety you know there is no uh, there is no there's no reason why things challenges surface in your life they come and they go like shadows on the wall in the sunlight. And um, for me personally, I take it as a, uh, a time of sharpening your character and your spiritual intensity. You know, you face these challenges and then you have to dig deeper, find new techniques, new ways of looking at life. It's really, really dig deep into your faith and into your... Uh, well, you get the picture. But I remember I was, uh, <laughs> I was in New York last summer mixing a record, and I had to travel from my hotel on the west side. I was staying at the Standard, and I had to go mix a record in Williamsburg. And I would get on the train, and I don't know why. I would just, I would be like claustrophobic. And I'd be like talking to myself like, like, yo, I'm gonna freak out on this train. And that song, the John Hassel Blue Period, I would put that on my headphones. It was like an antidote to my anxiety. It was a balm that just calmed me down and said, you know what, nothing can happen to me right now. As long as this man is playing this horn and these lush, these lush pictures are, are swirling around me. They're holding me. This all-encompassing vision of, of, of harmony and ethereal beauty. There's nothing that can happen. And I'd look up and the, win the, the windows, the doors of the of subway train, the L train would open and I would step out onto the concrete of Williamsburg and mix my record. We've come a long way on this episode. We've escaped for a while. The din, the screams of, of chaos. And shortly the ride is going to come to an end. I mean, because this is, this is the life. We have to go back inside of the struggle and find new solutions. And, uh, you know, this is a revolutionary time. I mean, most of you, you're going to look back in 20 years and you're going to, your mind is going to be boggled at how revolutionary this time was and how much change took place technologically, socially, personally. You'll marvel at what happened, the catalyst that was caused by the coronavirus. It's interesting how one random variable, a virus, can be introduced into the simulation and it can flow through seven billion equations and somehow provide an upgrade to the entire creation. I mean, when you really think of the computing power that's needed to support the, the simulated realm, it's beyond human comprehension. So listen, it's time for you to return back to the chaos. Time for us both. Keep doing the work that you have to do. We must replace this obsolete, these obsolete systems. Like just take, for example, the political system. I mean, obviously you've seen. Just, just for example, one example that comes to mind. And when you look at a Joe Biden and a, and a Donald Trump, surely you see the, the ridiculousness, the absurdity of this facade. This model that we've been using and that we've been used to, it's, it's coming to an end. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, what's a word that's more, that's 10 times the power of, of absurdity? Biden and Trump, these are the presidency. By the way, why is there a president? We should rethink the concept of a president and rethink the concept of governance. You know, you are 
administering and organizing resources and social systems. The fact that you have a, a one guy in a hierarchy is from a past time of, when was the system created? In 1776? Surely there's time, it's, it's time for an upgrade. Would you not agree? Is that, is that too much of a radical statement to say that it's time for an upgrade? Maybe we should throw out the Constitution. It's not serving us anymore, and it's okay to discuss throwing out and disregarding the Constitution. It is not absolute. It is a semblance of ideas that was written on paper by men centuries ago. It's okay. It's not fundamental to human life. We can formulate a new uh, grouping of ideas, a new way. It's possible. They, these people in the past, you know, when you, when you say something like that, throwing out the Constitution, when you propose an idea like this, people, you know, their, their jaws hit the floor. They're, they're, they're aghast. How could you say something like this? It's the Constitution. As if it's something that the, the hand of God reached down from the clouds and, and bestowed upon humanity. It's this, this law that's immutable. You know the word immutable? It means that you cannot change it. This is, come on, this is absurd. 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 New systems, new models that reflect and support the current paradigm and the modern man. Introduce them, create them, implement these new ideas and concepts. It can be done. It was done before by men. We are men and women. We have just as much of a right and a license today to implement our ideas as we see fit that are appropriate for this time. Time to do away with presidents. What is this? It is 2020. I mean, listen, I will tell you this. I've said this before in past podcasts. In the future, there will not be human beings. There will be, there will be godlike AI using novel algorithms that, that serve humanity. I know you think that can't be done, but it will be done. But before then, let's just implement a council. How about we implement sanity, beauty, reason? Biden? Biden versus Trump. This is a shell. I mean, come on, listen, this system, enough. Voting, we should be voting online. We shouldn't be even going into, into ballot boxes, punching holes, mailing things in on paper, analog from the 70s, the 60s. We should be online with our phones, ticking boxes. You, do, you, do you not think there's nothing strange with the fact that we're not voting online? We can bank online. You can keep all of your, your family wealth and fortune in a bank online and move thousands and millions of dollars with the click of a mouse online with no problem. You can go to sleep at night. Your money is online. It can be hacked. There are many risks supposedly out there. You have no problem going to sleep at night. But we can't just vote. We can't just click a box. This, this is a false narrative that has been inflicted upon the American uh, public, upon the global public. This is a global situation now. All right, I'm gonna stop on my rant. There's no need for me to keep. I, it was so nice for you to come with me. I really mean it, I, I enjoyed your company. We went afar off into the ambrosia and we held hands. We enjoyed sublime music together. I'm happy to know you. Thank you for coming. May I just say this, this thing? I, I never ask anything of, of anyone who listens to this podcast. It's so gross. You know, I listen to podcasts and I hate, number one, I hate ads. I will never advertise on anything that I do. I won't, I hate it. Just, just, give, me the, just give me the information, bro. But in this case, this is a technical formality. 
I must ask if you do enjoy this podcast to please just take a little bit of time of your precious time and to leave a review wherever you are listening to it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just leave, you know, I, and I, listen, I mean, we're going to look back in 30 years and our children, our great grandchildren are going to, are just going to be, they're going to laugh at us. They're going to be like, yo, you guys were sitting there with things in your hands, like, like pecking at sub menus and, and taking, you know, 10 minutes to leave a review. How mind numbing it must have been to be like constantly pecking your phone. So believe me, I know when I leave reviews for things, it's annoying. But I I will say this, in things that I believe in, products that I believe in, shows that I really listen to, content creators that I support, I will take the time. All you gotta do is just click a, you know, click the stars. Leave one star if you don't, if you don't believe, if you don't agree with me or if you find me controversial, you don't like me, leave one star. Do what you do. I'm not going to tell you how to leave reviews. <laughs> no problem. Actually, leave a five-star review. That doesn't make sense. You got to leave a five-star review. Uh, so that's it, man. Much love and respect to you for hanging out with me. And, yo, until the next time. End of line. <laughs> <laughs>